I'm so thankful. But today I want to talk to you. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you the question that if your life was to end today, what would people say about you? How would they remember you? And each one of us, if we're being honest, we want to say, well, I don't really care what people think about me. Anybody ever said that before? I know I have. And, there, and, to, and to an extent, that's true. We shouldn't care about what other people think about us. But in this world that we live in, it's so easy to get caught up in what other people think. What do other people think? What do other people say? And to, like I said, to an extent, we shouldn't care. We shouldn't care about the clothes that we wear. We don't have to wear name brand clothes and all that outward appearance stuff. But there is one thing that we should, should care about. And what is that? We should care about the impact that we're making for God's kingdom. And how are we, how do, how do the generations coming up behind us, how do our children and their children's children, how do they see us and what are we leaving them behind to stand upon? Because if we're being honest with ourselves, are we leaving them material things? And what, what, are, what are people say? Are they going to say they were a good person? They were a good grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, brother, sister, Republican, Democrat, <laughs> citizen of the United States of America? What will they say about you? And if we're all being honest with each other, we do care what other people are going to remember about us. We care what they will think. We want to leave our families with a legacy that we leave behind, whether that's material possessions or non-material possessions, whether it's the things of God or not the things of God. But what do we care about the most? What is it that matters to us the most in the scope of eternity? Are we leaving behind something that will last forever, or are we just leaving behind material possessions that one day will fade away with this whole earth? We've got to reevaluate what legacy, what are we leaving our children and the children's children and the generations behind us? How are we leaving behind something that really matters in the scope of eternity? How will our children, our wives, our husbands, and those close to us remember us when we're gone? Will they say things like, he was a good man or woman? They were a provider. They were loving, kind, and compassionate. The title of my message today is Stones of Remembrance. And the reason that I chose this title is uh, I remember as I was praying about what God would have me to speak for my last, so this has been weeks in the making, right? Because I remember very vividly the Lord spoke to me. I want you, this is, if, if you want to tell Sanctuary the last thing before you head out, this is what I want you to tell them. And so Stones of Remembrance. So I went to a youth uh, leaders conference uh, a few years ago and, um, in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and they took us on what they would call a field trip. So they loaded us all up in a van, and they started driving us. They didn't tell us where we were going. And lo and behold, we show up at a graveyard. And they say, here's what we want you to do. We want you to go around. We want you to look at all the headstones, and we want you to tell us what they have in common. And so we took a couple minutes, and we, and we walked around, and we looked at all the headstones. And some of them were very old. Some were small. Some were big. Some of them were medium-sized, but they all have one thing in common. Each person, when you leave this world, you're going to leave behind this one thing that's going to be imprinted on your headstone forever. For people that will go and see you at the end of your life, and what will it say? But even more than that, what will people say about you? And so they had us read, uh, write our own 
basically uh, what, pe- what, we, what we would want people to remember us for at our funeral. And I'm going to read your, mine to you today. It's called an epitaph. And it's a phrase or form of words in the memory of a person who has died, especially an inscription on a tombstone. And here's mine. And you might remember some of these words from a great pastor one time. Life will be short. Eternity won't. Some things matter and some things don't. At the end of this life, money, fame, and fortune will fade away. But the one thing that truly matters is to be known by Jesus and then to make his name known. So again, I ask, what will people say about you after you're dead and gone? Are you leaving behind a stone of remembrance for generations of generations of generations of people to come where they'll look back and they'll say, look what God did for this man. Look what God did for this woman. Look how faithful God has been. Or are you leaving behind something that will fade away in, in the scope of eternity? Are we leaving behind something for our children, uh, a stone of remembrance that they'll be able to stand upon, they stand to say, I saw dad going through tough circumstances and life situations, but he always looked up to God where his help come from and said, God is faithful. God will never leave us nor forsake us. Are you standing strong and firm on the word of God and standing on the promises that he's given us, or are you just living your life day to day? leaving behind nothing but mere words that mean nothing, and in the scope of eternity will be utterly useless. Because if we're all being honest, we care what we leave to our children. We care what we leave for the generations that come up behind us. And we, can't, we can leave them money, fame, and fortune, but all of those things will one day fade away. But are we leaving them a legacy, a stone of remembrance that they'll be able to look upon whenever they're going through hard times? And I'm going to tell you, the world has becoming worse and worse and worse with each day that we get and our children and the generations coming up behind us are going to need those stones of remembrance to look back upon to say, look what God did. Look how God was faithful to my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa. You can leave them money, but they're going to forget about it. They'll spend it, and it'll be gone forever. You can leave them land and homes and all this other stuff, but all of it's going to go away one day. It doesn't matter. Are we leaving our children stones of remembrance that they'll be able to look upon one day and say, look what God has done? They were a good person, someone who did some good things and left some good things behind. I want to be remembered for everything in my life, good and bad, because I know that, the, that this earth will fade away, and what truly matters is God's kingdom and bringing others along with me in the journey. What will people say about you? All through Scripture, we can see where these stones of remembrance were set up as a reminder that the things that God has done for His people, how they served the places of remembrance for generations and generations to come of what the Lord has done. And so let's look at a few. You can turn in your Bibles to Joshua 4, chapters, or Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and then we'll be also in Exodus chapter 17. This is what it says. It'll be up on the screen as well. Now when the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, saying, Take up for yourselves twelve stones from, here, from out of here, the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you. Lay them down where your lodging, where your lodging place is, where you will lodge tonight. And so Joshua called the twelve men who had been appointed from the sons of Israel, 
one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the son of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask you, saying, What do these stones mean to you? They shall, then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the, when they crossed the sons of Israel forever. Thus the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded them, took up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the son of Israel. And they carried them over with them to the lodging place and put them down there. And then Joshua set up the twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the feet of the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. Exodus chapter 17, verses 14 and 16 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua. Then I, then I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heaven. Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner. And he said, The Lord has sworn, the Lord will never war against Amalek from generation to generation. How are we making the gospel, Jesus, the story, the scope of the whole Bible, a cornerstone for our lives for generations to come, that God is still the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and these things that he did for them, he can still do for you and I today. I don't know about you, but I want to leave my family and those who are going to be here even after I'm dead and gone, something that not, not of more than material possessions. I want my kids to be mighty warriors for the kingdom of God. And if I'm not leaving those stones of remembrance, then the memory of when those things, when, dad got, when things got tough, dad still chose to worship Jesus. And we see now that how good God is. That anything else I leave in this world is utterly useless. If we don't leave them those stones of remembrance, those places to look back upon, all the material possessions outside of Jesus, it's all useless. So how are we living that life? How are we living them, leaving them stones of remembrance? The first thing that I want you to understand today is that it will always require a sacrifice. There's not a thing in the kingdom of God that does not require some sort of sacrifice. And Jesus modeled that as he went to the cross and died for our sins, for our transgressions, so that we could come into a relationship with him. Everything in the kingdom of God will require some sort of sacrifice. If you're truly living your life dedicated to Jesus, it's going to require a sacrifice. It's going to require you giving up something so that others might come to know who Jesus is. And if you're not willing to sacrifice anything, then I question whether or not you're truly saved to begin with. Because it will always require a sacrifice. I don't think we can truly call ourselves Christ followers if we're not willing to lay down something in order that uh, those coming up behind us will know Jesus. In fact, growing up, I remember my parents sacrificing so that their kids might come to know who Jesus was. Did they all serve Jesus? No. But it was the fact that my parents thought it well enough, big enough to sacrifice something so that their kids can know Jesus. In fact, I remember as a child, one of the things my mom always stood upon was that she always gave her tithe. It didn't matter if we had groceries or gas money, mom always gave that 10%. And I can remember as my mom didn't know if we were going to make it to get, <laughs> didn't know if we were going to make it to church because we didn't have any gas in the van, but she said we were going anyway. We got, in that, we got in that truck or car or whatever we had, and we drove it down the road, 
and we made it there. And I don't know how many of you know what a holy handshake is, but it's where someone puts a $20 bill in your hand and slips you, gives you a handshake and slips you a 20. I can count numerous times where mom didn't know where we were going to get our next whatever it was, gas money, bill money, it didn't matter. But I remember God coming through for us. Those things I look back upon. I remember walking in, waking up early in the morning and seeing my mom reading her word every single day, digging in and standing and teaching her kids to do the same thing. That's a stone of remembrance for me. That's what my parents left me behind because they thought it was so important that we go to church every single time those doors were open. It didn't matter, rain, sun, shine. I remember getting stuck in hailstorms and tornadoes on our way to church because it was that important. But now we let a little rain keep us from going into the house of God. Come on. You got to understand that today we've got, we can't expect people to live for Jesus if we're not willing to sacrifice for him. As Christians, we've surrendered our lives to Jesus and we lose our rights to become who we want to be because it's no longer about us. It's all about Him and about them. It's no longer about you. You lose your rights. And I know that's a touchy term, but we do. We lose every right when we become this. When we start living a dedicated, devoted life to Jesus, we lose it all. Because it's no longer about us. It's all about him and about those who are going to come to know him through whether it's our ministry or those stones of remembrance that we've set up. It always will require a sacrifice. Always. What will people say about you after you're gone? A good person? Or will they say there's a person dedicated fully to Jesus that lived and breathed every day to glorify and point people back to him? I don't want to be known as just a mere man, another guy. I want to be known as someone who pointed people to Jesus every single where that he went. Every single place that he went serves as a stone of remembrance. I remember when you fill in the blank. That's what I want to be remembered for, for pointing people back to him. My life's nothing without him. Your life is nothing without him. And if you don't have Jesus today, maybe it's time to make that change. You're either in or you're out. There's n that's the second thing. You're either in or you're out. There's no in-between when it comes to living a life fully devoted to Jesus. And we say that, and we say we know we understand that, but I don't think we truly do. Do you really know what it means to be in for Jesus or out for Jesus? There's, we say it all the time. There's no standing on the fence. You're either on one side or you're on the other side. There's no in-between. When God is speaking to you about an area of your life that you're unwilling to give up for his sake, then you're not living out that, that, that verse in Scripture, or that portion of Scripture that we read in Matthew chapter 10. It says, He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And listen to this, And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life will find it for my sake. If you are truly going to leave behind a legacy that our kids and their kids and generations to come can find hope, restoration, then we have to be all in for the cause of Christ. I'm going to say it, that if you don't know where you stand with Jesus, 
and this thing, and you're only, if you're only a once a week attender or you only read your Bible whenever the YouVersion app pops up on your phone and convicts you to do so to read the verse of the day, then you might not be saved to begin with. Because if you call yourself a Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christian, then you're going to want to go after the things of God. If you want to leave your kids something, mom or dad, grandma or grandpa, that really matters, then bring them to church and let them see you sacrificing all other things to make it to the house of God and not sacrificing the house of God to be at all other things. Because it won't even matter in the scope of eternity. It's time to get real with one another. Start living a life that honors and reflects the righteousness of God's. Parents, if you want your kids to value digging in deep in the Word of God, let them find you in the mornings not scrolling through Facebook drinking your coffee. Let them find you in the morning in a daily devotion to the Lord, reading your Word, praying in the Spirit, and being with Him every single day. That's a stone of remembrance that you can leave them behind. Because I talked to our youth about it on Wednesday night, that this Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat reality, TikTok reality that we live in, it's all fake. It doesn't matter in the scope of eternity. Those things don't matter what other people think about us. It doesn't matter how many likes, how many views. It doesn't matter what people think about your outfit that you post on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook. It matters what's really going on inside of your heart and what they see day in and day out through your life. Those are the things that really matter. There are going to be moments that your kids will remember and see the importance of having a relationship with the one true and holy God. Those are the moments. Is it going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. Pastor, he's not perfect. There's not a perfect person in this room. But what it takes is a heart truly surrendered unto the one true king, the one who knows all and is all every single day. That your kids see when you mess up that you can apologize and be there and teach them the things of God and what it means to be a true man or woman of God. Those are the things that will matter. That is what's going to matter in the end. The last thing is this. Now is the time. There's no better time to start leading your family than right now. You want to say, it's too late. How can I start right now? My kids are teenagers or my kids are older. How can I, how can I teach them in the right ways of God? They've seen us so for so long just going and doing and, and doing all this other stuff. You might say, I'm getting older. I'm nearing the latter part of my life. Well, how can I even begin to think about leaving those kids the things for my, things for my family, stones of remembrance? Or you might be saying it's time to pass the torch to the next generation of people who are younger, have more time and energy. While I'm speaking for people who are younger, we have no more time and we're always tired. Nobody's got more time than anybody else. We're all in this together. We're all in it together. We've got to be doing it together. Leading this next generation of people that are going to shake the world for Jesus. At some point in our lives, we may slow down a little bit because of our age and the things that are going on in our life, but our race is not finished till we're dead and gone. The only moment it becomes too late is when you leave this earth and you meet Jesus in heaven. And I think some of us are going to be sorely mistaken whenever we face him face to face at what he's going to say to us. When that day comes... 
You know, we talk about storing up our treasures in heaven and the crowns that we'll wear, but those crowns really aren't for us. They're for Jesus. I don't know about you, but when my crown is refined through the fire, I want to have something to lay down at his feet. And it starts in my home with my family and how I lead them. And then I lead them in the ways of God. Parents, you'll give an answer one day for how you led your children, how you led your families, grandparents. If you're raising your grandchildren, you'll give an answer one day. How do we lead them? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, says, Do you not know those who run, run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may win? We're all in this race of our lives running to gain the prize of eternity, and we should be running in such a way that it brings others with us and the only time we pass the baton in our ministries to those coming up behind us and the generations behind us is when we've ended our life and, our, and it's over for real. I look at it like this. In this race that we call life, we're all in it together. We're linked arm in arm. And when somebody slows down, we all slow down. When we speed up, everybody speeds up. But when somebody falls, our race is not over until we meet Jesus face to face. We've said to use this illustration before that in a relay race, there is a point in time when those two racers, those two runners are both holding the baton, running together. But even after the one lets go, they all stand on the sideline and await everybody to finish their race. You can look at it in a way, such a way that those that are standing on the sideline are those who have already gone on before us, who have already won their race in eternity. We all run this race. We're all running for the same prize. The great thing about this thing called uh, Christianity or, or, or this relationship with Jesus is we all gain the prize. We all get to go to eternity if we've run our race well and we fight the good fight of faith. We all do. Not one of us gets a trophy and the others don't. There's no one better than the other. We all get the same prize. And it's that we get to go to be with Jesus for eternity, worshiping forever and ever and ever and ever. It's going to be the most amazing, the most. There's, there's, there's no one on this earth that can explain to you what heaven's going to be like. And we'll never know until we get there. Now is the time. The moment we decide it's over, we're just going to sit there on the sideline. It's the moment that we lose momentum for everyone else around us. We're all running this race to win the same prize in eternity. Now I'll leave you with this. Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 through 39. It says that, this is the, this is the verse I, wanna, I want us to hang on to today, is that, <clears throat> and he who does not take up his cross, not, and follow me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life and will not lose, will lose it. Who will, he who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. If you're truly behind a legacy for our kids and the generations coming up to find a hope and restoration, we have to be all in for Jesus Christ. The last stone of remembrance that I want to leave you with as our worship team comes today is that Jesus left behind an empty tomb and an old rugged cross 
that serves as an example, that serves as a stone of remembrance for you and I to look upon and for generations and generations and generations to come that can say, look at what God has done. Look what Jesus came and done so that we could have eternal life, so that one day we could come into a relationship with him and that all may know who Jesus is. That's our stone of remembrance is that we don't have to live this life in such a way, alone, lost, that he defeated death, hell, and the grave so that we could have eternity with him forever. Serves as simple symbols for you and I today that we have victory over death, hell, and the grave. And that because of him and that sacrifice that he made that day on Calvary, as we look at these examples from scripture, we need to ask ourselves, how are we making those pillars and those altars of remembrance? for the world to look upon to say, look at what God has done. Would you stand with me today? Every head bowed and every eye closed as we begin to draw today's service to a close. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with Jesus today, but I do know one thing. Today is the day to make it right. Today is the day. If you're sitting there asking yourself, you're unsure of where you might spend eternity after you leave this place, I'm telling you, don't, look, don't leave out of here without making a change and accepting Jesus into your heart. It's so easy. The Bible tells us that all we have to do is to repent and then believe and then live our lives in such a way that aligns with His Word. Doing our best every single day. Are you going to be perfect? Absolutely not. None of us are. But if that's you today and you say, I've never given my life over to Jesus, or I need to make a recommitment today to living my life in such a way that aligns with his word and what he says I am. Not what this world says, what he says. I want you to do, I just want to pray with you today. If you'll raise your hand, you'll put it right back down to